Eagles are at the podium, and we have it all for you right here, powered by SB Nation and BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm your host, John Stolness, and coming up, we're going to hear from Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz's postgame comments with the press, and then we'll hear Peterson's Monday afternoon update. But first, my three things from the Eagles' uncomfortable, yet all-important 22-14 win over the Chicago Bears. And the second part of that is something I don't want people to miss. This was an important win on Sunday afternoon. The Eagles beat a team that won 12 games last year and has one of the elite defenses in the NFL. Do I feel good about how the game went down? I do not. But let's take stock of where this team is right now and how monstrously important it was to win this game no matter how they had to win it. If they had to win this game because of a 2019 version of the tuck rule, then fine. Falling to 4-5 and five with the Patriots and Seahawks up next presented a real danger of the Eagles falling to 4-7 and seven before their easy stretch of games to finish up the season. So that takes you down a very dark road. That takes you down a 9-7, and 8-8 eight and eight type of road. Now, with a 5-4 and four record, a 10-6 and six record seems pretty likely, and even 11-5 and five is in play if they split their two games against the Patriots and Seahawks and beat the Cowboys in Week 16. And that Cowboys game in Week 16 is likely going to determine whether or not this team goes to the playoffs. Because as of right now, even with a 5-4 and four record, the Eagles are the 9 seed in the NFC. If the season ended today, the Eagles would not be in the playoffs. Dallas, uh, ahead of their game Monday night against the Giants, has the slight lead in the division. Uh, obviously, if the Cowboys lose, then the Eagles jump up into first place in the NFC East, and all of a sudden their standing is much brighter. Uh, but if the Cowboys beat the Giants as expected, the Eagles still remain a half a game behind the Cowboys in the NFC East. The Seahawks and Vikings are both 6-3. and three. So they have the five and the six seed, uh, the last two wild card uh, spots. And the Vikings, of course, hold the tiebreaker over the Eagles. So Philadelphia would need to finish with a better record than the Vikings. And that's why the Seattle game, of these two games coming up after the bye, that's why the Seattle game means more than the Patriots game. I know we would all be jacked up if the Eagles went out and beat New England the Sunday after the bye. But if I have to, if I have to choose which of these two games to win, you want to choose Seattle because right now they are ahead of the Eagles. I mean, if the Eagles and Seahawks are, are both battling for wild card spots and they finish with the same record, the Eagles would hold the tiebreaker over them if they win and, of course, vice versa. So you'd need to finish with a better record than Seattle if you end up losing that game. And if you lose that game to the Seahawks, the odds you finish with a better record than them are astronomically low. So the Rams and Panthers are also both ahead of the Eagles, uh, a half a game ahead at 5-3. and three. And uh, the Eagles are uh, half a game ahead of the Lions, who are 3-4-1. and one. So you're looking at a potential season in which the Eagles could win 10 games and don't make the playoffs. They have to win their division, given the strength of the NFC at the moment. They could be 10-6, and six, a better record than last year, and miss the playoffs. That's what happened in Chip Kelly's second season with the team. They went 10-6. and six. Heck, what was it, back in uh, 1991, the Eagles went 11-5 and five and missed the playoffs. It happens. So this was a really good victory, just in that it was a victory. Moving forward, thing number two, the reason most Eagles fans do not feel great after this game is that the offense is a problem. Specifically, the wide receivers are a problem. And I don't know that there is a solution out there. Take a look at these numbers from the last six games. Brandon Lee Gutton tweeted these out on Monday morning. Nelson Aguilar, over the last uh, six games, 364 snaps, just 14 receptions. 114 yards, no touchdowns, and a fumble. And he had a chance at another deep ball on Sunday afternoon and just does not want any part of contact. Cannot handle 
any part of contact with the defensive back. Can't fight through contact. Can't go up and get the ball. Not only is he bad at tracking them when he's open, he has absolutely no fight in him when he goes up for a pass. Todd Pinkston, who weighed 140 pounds soaking wet, had more of an ability to go up and contest a ball amongst contact. Not a lot more, but a little bit more. Alshon Jeffrey. What has happened to Alshon Jeffrey? 352 snaps, just 29 catches over the last six weeks, 304 yards, two touchdowns, a 10.5 average. He's their number one. This is not acceptable. Three huge drops on Sunday afternoon. He finally hauled in a huge third down pass on the final drive of the game, which was just a, a thing of beauty that the Eagles put together. But Jeffrey has to help out more with Deshaun Jackson on the sideline. Mac Hollins, of course, we know is a non-factor. Now still one catch in his last six games. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I think he had a, I think he was on the field for 13% of the snaps yesterday, which is the most of the field he's seen in the last month and a half. But still no catches, no yards, no touchdowns over his last six games. Deshaun Jackson, four snaps, one catch, five yards over the last six games. The Deshaun Jackson news, not great. And Alshon Jeffrey looking dead. The extension to him was a brutal idea, as has been discussed by, by many, many others. Folks, if you start to hear yourself criticize Carson Wentz, and he didn't have an aces game on Sunday. He missed some throws. But if you are pointing the finger at Carson Wentz as the reason this offense is not moving the ball, if you think Nick Foles was going to come in here and do any better than Carson Wentz is doing, you're delusional. You need to stop that thought bubble before it forms. And really, the way this team is going to have to move the ball is the way they did in 2003. Tons of screens and running the ball which is what you've seen the last couple of weeks. The screen game getting going has helped out tremendously. That screen to Goddard in the final drive was unbelievable. The, the, the swing pass to Sanders was not a screen, but throwing the ball to Sanders out of the backfield, using the tight ends, and running the ball, that's how the 2003 Eagles went 12-4. and four. Now, understanding it's more of a passing league than it was in 2003, Andy Reid and his West Coast offense was always predicated on passing the ball. He always wanted a 65-35 pass-run ratio. But that season, he had James Thrash, Todd Pinkston, and Freddie Mitchell, all of whom massively underproduced. Thrash led the team with 49 catches and 558 yards. Pinkston had 36 and 575. And Pinkston was at least a deep threat. The Eagles don't even have a Pinkston right now. Freddie Mitchell, 35 and 498. They combined for five touchdowns on the season. But you had a, a three-headed combination of Westbrook, Buckhalter, and Deuce Staley in 2003. All those guys had more than 460 yards. Uh, Westbrook had 613 yards on the ground, but also had a bunch of yards receiving as well. I think he came, came close to 1,000 yards in total uh, total yardage. It's a different league now, but you know that's the formula at the moment with the wide receivers playing as terribly as they are. So, obviously the question is, is there help available out there? Is there anything the Eagles can do to improve things? Because they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. And Robbie Anderson for a second-round pick would have been a bad idea, but they didn't do anything. The price tag for Emmanuel Sanders was probably more than the Eagles felt comfortable paying. But they didn't make a play for, for Josh Gordon, and I'm sure they had their reasons. But now you're looking at these potential free agents. Michael Crabtree, who is 32 and was cut by the Cardinals after two games this season. Des Bryant, who, hadn't, who hasn't played in a year because of an Achilles injury with, with New Orleans last year. There's Kelvin Benjamin, who's just 28, but was terribly unproductive for Buffalo and Kansas City last year. Martavius Bryant is suspended indefinitely by the NFL for substance abuse issues. So if the Eagles didn't make a play for Josh Gordon, it's hard to see why they would want a guy like Bryant. Pierre Garçon is more washed than Alshon Jeffrey is. Mike Wallace, 
Is that even an option? Is that really an option? Maybe some more realistic options include guys like J.J. Nelson, who is a speed guy who was cut by the Raiders earlier this year. But why would the Raiders have cut him? He had four catches for 36 yards and a touchdown in two games. Jordan Matthews is out there. He was cut by the 49ers recently, would require the least integration out of any of the receivers out on the street and is loved by Wentz. I wouldn't be at all surprised if that happens. And then you have somebody from the preseason, Mark and, Mike, Mark and Michelle, uh, who was, a, who was a, effective, but there's a reason the Eagles didn't bring him back and uh, haven't had him on the roster. And for those of you asking about Antonio Brown, not a chance. Not worth it. Not happening. The guy that makes the most sense is, is frankly, Jordan Matthews at this point. Although I would be intrigued by Michael Crabtree. I would be intrigued by J.J. Nelson. But, you know, none of these guys are going to solve the problem, I don't think. Third thing, the Eagles secondary shut down an elite receiver. How about that? After week after week after week of elite receivers torching the Eagles defense, Allen Robinson caught just one ball for six yards. Remember, he caught 10 balls for 143 yards and a touchdown in the wild card round last year. But with Mills and Darby out as the starters, Avante Maddox back in the slot, Rasul Douglas as the fourth corner, Sidney Jones a healthy scratch. Clearly, they don't need him with the way it's going right now. And I don't know what the future of Sidney Jones is, but it is not looking good for him. I, it just, man, this feels like a second round pick that's just going to get thrown away. And yes, Mitchell Trubisky is awful. They need to bench him. With Allen Robinson, you know, we've seen bad quarterbacks torch the Eagles with good wide receivers this year. And yeah, I get the Eagles, the Eagles secondary gave up a couple of big plays late. Uh, Tyler Gabriel uh, had a had a big play on the Eagles secondary. Malcolm Jenkins, once again, not covering his assignment in the deep middle of the field. But the Eagles defense stifled a Bears team basically all day long. They held them to 14 points. The defense is, I think, trending upward. They've played Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky the last couple weeks. I get it. But we've seen this team struggle to get off the field against mediocre offenses. What this team needs to do is get a little bit better in the red zone, turn some of these touchdowns into field goals, which is something that Jim that Jim Schwartz defenses used to do all the time, used to pride themselves in. They'd let you get inside the 25, inside the 20, but they'd hold you to field goals. Lately, that hasn't been happening as much. Obviously, things get much tougher after the bye, for a couple weeks anyway, with Tom Brady and Russell Wilson coming to town. Well, let's head down to the podium. We'll hear from Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz with their Sunday news conferences after the game, and then we'll, we'll hear from Doug Peterson and his Monday afternoon news conference as well. Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now, with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. 
Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. We didn't like how we played in the uh, in the Cowboy game. Um, just wasn't wasn't uh, you know what we expected, and 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 just. You know, we, we I hate to look down the road. I hate to look past the next opponent, obviously. But but we knew we knew um, we had a you know a tough road schedule right there, three games in a row. And and um, but uh, we looked up to and we said, hey, we can we can weather that storm. We got you know a couple three games here on at, at home, and um, we just try to take it one at a time, honestly. And we get guys healthy, get guys back. Uh, offensively and defensively, and and uh, and see what we can do. You know, you still got a lot of trust. I still have a lot of faith and trust in the coaches and the players. And um, you know, we're we're fortunate to get these last two. How's Deshaun Jackson doing after uh, coming out? Was that the plan? Like, what was the plan with Deshaun today? Um, well, the plan was to play him, obviously. And so we're gonna uh, we'll have some more testing done in the morning. I'll have probably a more better update on him. But uh, the plan was to was to play him. You know? Yeah. Himself or is this precautionary? Just precautionary right now. Uh, we'll, we'll get some more testing on it. Find out tomorrow. Doug, what did you tell the team uh, after this, this win about you know, going into the bye and getting some momentum for the rest of the season? Well, the first thing I told them was, you know, this is really a, a really good team win today. Uh, all three phases. We saw it on offense. We saw it on defense. And, then, of course, special teams there at the end. And um, So a great, a great team win, a, a, a way to finish out. Um, you know, the first, you know, nine games of our season anyway and, and uh, heading into this bye. But, you know, more importantly, I, I just challenge the team now with, with some time off, you know, for everybody to really uh, soul search, dig deep and, and come back in a, in, a, in a frame of mind that's ready to, to continue what we've, what we've sort of started here in the last couple of weeks. And uh, just to challenge them that way, you know, to think about how we want this second half of the season to look, to look. Um, but uh, I was really proud of the guys for, for battling today. It's a, it's a good football team. You know, the Bears are a good team. They're well coached, got great players, and, um, you know, our guys hung in there and, and fought. Do you have any feel for this team? The, the ebb and flow has been so big, you know, throughout the season. They're up, you're down. Do you have any feel for where you are right now? Um, you know, I, I, I just. Um, what, I, what I see with this football team and kind of what we've done what we've gone through some of the adversity we've been faced with with injury and and all the you know all the nitpicking here there on the outside from the media whatever is this team this team finds a way to stick together and to to battle and you saw it again today and 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 I know the type of guys that we have and it's guys that you know, I, I can trust my offensive line. I can trust my quarterback. I can put it in their hands. I can trust, you know, the guys on the perimeter, our defense. Our defensive line is getting healthy and added some some talent there. And I, I just – things are starting to come for us, you know. And um, we just got to continue to trust our process um, and, and and continue to, to build and grow and, um, you know, just take it one at a time, one game at a time and, and um, you know, and see what happens. Collaboration with players who were here for the Super Bowl win, but you know when you see someone like Miles come through and you trust that process and buy into it as well. I wonder whether you feel like the foundation of winning that Super Bowl is a knock-on effect for some guys who have come since. Well, obviously, you know that's that's a it's a it's a great thing to accomplish in this league, and 
you know, as something that we can we can look back and we can sort of draw our strength sometimes from that journey and what we went through, you know, that year. We were faced with adversity late in the season, you know, that year as well, the last two years and and uh, kind of kind of that same way the beginning of this season. But you you constantly for me it's about you know, speaking the same language and, and, and talking the same language to the team and, and, you know, being transparent with the guys and being honest with the guys and, you know, bringing new guys, whether they're free agents, whether they're draft picks, and then our culture just sort of surrounds those guys and then they buy in and and they just help us continue to grow and, and, and win games like today, you know, and because and, um, it's not easy to win in this league. And, and I think sometimes people – think it is you just can line up and, and go play and, and it's not uh it's not easy and uh it's not easy to coach in this league and it's it's hard um but but just being able to buy into what we're uh what we're all about uh has been a been a tribute and a credit to, to the players that, that we've brought in and the ones that are that have been here Tell you about the offense second week in a row you basically had an eight minute drive to put away the game some key third downs to be able to hold the ball for that long basically put it away I mean, we talk about that all the time. You know, we talk about our, our four-minute offense, and, and, you know, we really weren't in four-minute mode, but we were in, in that mode where off, and offensively we kind of kind of sputtered there in the second half a little bit. You know, we had some opportunity, and, you know, we, we just didn't capitalize. But for them to kind of take it upon their shoulders to the defense was, was fighting and battling and, 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 and doing their part, and um, the offense needed to go, and it was time for them to go. And, and um, again, it goes back to – you know, trusting the players, trusting the guys up front, trusting our quarterback, putting our guys in position to make plays, and um, they did that. And it's uh, it's a credit to uh, go down and, and obviously you know kick that field goal and and then uh, and get the get the ball you know on the kickoff. But just a just a great effort for the offense. As a play caller, how creative did you have to get on those third downs? Excuse me. As a play caller, how creative did you have to get on those third downs? We didn't have to get real creative. I just had to find the right play, and that's not easy either, you know. But uh, Mike, Mike Grow, my coordinator, did a great job. We had great communication during the game, especially late in the game, and uh, gave me some ideas, gave me some suggestions that to get to, and and uh, and and obviously they were they were plays that we went to and, and worked. And so I give him a lot of credit um, in that situation um, to to really helping helping me out and um, you know finding the right play. And and again, guys. Guys made plays for us, and uh, we needed that at the, at the end. What did you see of that part of the game, Dallas Goddard screen? Um, well, I, we we felt like that. Uh, obviously, um, you know, they they were you know chances. You know, obviously the rush getting after Carson and, and all that, and just take advantage of, of that and 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 use a tight end screen in that situation. And um, gosh, just a, just a great play, well blocked. I think you know we we got one guy one guy off of the off of. Uh, uh, Dallas there, and, and he he was able to uh, take it, you know, make the first down. But again, a well executed play. Um, credit the guys. This was a breakout game for Ertz. What did you see in this matchup? What was what? How was Carson allowed to focus on him as much and get the ball to him? Well, Zach's a big part of our offense, as, as we all know, and um, you know, I don't know if it was necessarily a breakout game, but he definitely was targeted. Uh, a little bit more in this game, and, and and rightfully so. I mean, he's he's a guy that can, you know, uh, when you when you when you throw him the ball, he can he can catch it, and and he did a great job today. And I think it was just a credit to the obviously to, to Carson to find him. Um, he ran he ran really good routes today. He was tough. He was physical. Made some made some contested 
you know, catches, and, and that's that's who Zach is, and uh, it was good to see. You get two more, please. You get a little bit of a break now and get to do some self scouting, sort of backwards. Uh, are there things that still mystify you a little bit about the way this season's gone so far that you want to dig into a little bit, and make sure that they don't recur? Yes. What's, what are those? Guys? You were ready. <laughs> yes, I was. What is wrong? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, stuff? obviously. Uh, we, we do our we do our standard you know self uh, self evaluation self uh, uh, scouting I mean we'll look at we'll look at third downs uh, you know we'll look at red zone uh, we'll look at how we start games you know I got to look at all of that I'll even look at how we practice and if I need to make any changes in, in practice and different things that way and, and it's and it's more so about the situations and how we're using guys and then and then breaking all that down so we can not have a lot of tendencies moving forward but we can kind of um, and not not start over, but at the same time, uh, try not to give our opponents any advantage that way. Well, um, you know, our defense plays a lot of one high defense, and um, you know that's that's part of Jim's Jim's background and, and his mo. Uh, you know, we, we we definitely wanted to. Uh, it felt like we could get after get after him a little bit, put pressure with our defensive line, which which we did early in this game, and you know play a little bit more man to man, and and just just make things harder um, when you can do that. Uh, I think it's a carryover from from last week. You know, in the Bills game, our defense did that, um, and and it, it is a credit to the D line though, uh, putting putting pressure with our four, and then some of the blitz packages being able to get home and, and disrupt some timing. Yards as a defense two ago, Say that again. Ever been in a game where your defense has allowed negative ten yards two minutes ago, man? I don't. I don't think so. They they played well today. They played well today. Minus a couple of big, you know, explosive plays in the second half. They they played really well. Okay. okay. Miles said that when you hit him with the swing pass that he had covered, uh, blocking responsibilities first. What did you guys see pre-snap that kind of made you? Turn to him first. Yeah, I mean they were uh, playing a really soft zone coverage, um, and Miles was just chipping, the, helping chip the DN, and then had a flat route. And um, I just saw him kind of get really deep and um, tried to play fast and get it to him, and yeah, he made a great play. What does it say about the second week in a row with an eight-minute drive in the fourth quarter? Kind of put it away. I mean, it's huge. It's, it's what we, it's, it's our recipe. You know, it's what we want to do and, and finish games like that. Um, obviously, there and. You know, the third quarter a little bit, we kind of got a little stagnant and stuff. But, um, you know, we stayed with it. We stayed with it. We grinded it out, picked up a, a bunch of key third downs, and, and moved the ball late in the game, and uh, that was huge for us. Deshaun didn't play very long, but when he was in there, did you feel that that wasn't so congested in the uh, short to intermediate areas? Uh, hard to say. Hard to say. I mean, he was only out there a little bit. and um, But, you know, it was it was a spark when he was, you know, regardless of, w- of what he was doing. So, um, you know, hopefully he'll be fine and uh, getting back out there. Did you say anything to Alshon after the couple of drops there? I told him to come right back. Come right back to him. You know, it's, it's part of football. It's part of the game. You know, we're going to all make mistakes and um, nothing but confidence in him. When, when he does do that, that I'm going to come right back to him, much like we did on that third down uh, later in the game. He made a great play. How about the call to Dallas Goddard's screen there? Yeah, it was a great call. Uh, you know, obviously it worked out great, and, and Dallas did a tr- tremendous job of creating separation. And I was kind of back there just trying to find a lane to get, get him the ball, and um, that first down was, was huge for us and came up uh, came up big in that, in that situation. What made the connection with Ertz so effective today? Um, 
Hard to say exactly why. You know, I, I think my connection with Zach is, is always, you know, really solid, really strong. You know, some weeks it just shows up out there more than others, you know. But uh, when he's there, when, he, when he's at, called upon, uh, nothing but confidence in him every single time. And, um, you know, just kind of the way they were playing defensively, um, you know, kind of led us to, to use him uh, a little bit more. And, you know, he was, you know, a primary like he is oftentimes. But, um, you know, it, it worked out really well for us, and he made some great plays. Would you evaluate yourself after a game like how much weight do you put on your performance in that final drive? The fact that you guys were able to move the ball when you did, and if you don't, you might lose the game. Do you stand back and say, I did what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it? I mean, you know, that's a very deep you know, question there. There's levels to that. But, uh, you know, coming out of the game, you just kind of want to um, – just critique everything. You know, there's throws I left out there early in the game, late in the game, plays we left out there uh, as an offense. And so, um, but but at the end of the day, being able to sustain that drive, and that's what we have to do. That's what good football teams, good offenses have to do, stay on the field, convert, you know, grind the clock out like we did. And, and that, was, that was really big for us. How do you avoid overreach on those third down plays? And do you feel like there's a difference or a slowing in your thought process as you figure out those things compared to earlier in your career? Uh, what do you mean? I'm sorry. And as you figure out the right play to make on third down, how to avoid uh, forcing it, for instance, and, you know, and do you feel like there's an evolution in the way you're doing that now? Um, you know, again, it's, it's kind of neither here nor there. You know, it's just based upon what, what the defense is giving me, what, what they're showing, and uh, also a lot of respect for the pass rushers that they have. You know, and not wanting to stand back there and hold the ball all day and um, get it out to our playmakers. So if it's Miles in the flat on third and 13, that's what we're going to do. You know, and uh, he was able to make a play. And um, that's just kind of how this offense is. And just, you know, we want to play fast, want to read fast, and guys are playing fast out there. Given that the, the offense <coughs> sputtered a little bit in the second half, what was the message uh, going into that last drive from you to the team and also from Doug? Yeah, um, just stay together. Stay together and just finish the game. You know, at the end of the day, um, like you said, we hit a little dry spell there. We, we, you know, didn't capitalize on a couple third downs, didn't stay on the field, and um, put our defense in some tough spots a couple times. And, and they stepped up, made some plays. And um, but it was just, hey, stay together. You know, we had those long sustained drives early in the game. Um, we basically said, hey, we need one more of these, one more of those, go down and score. And we were able to, you know, we didn't score, but we got the field goal, and it kind of sealed the deal. What would you say was the key play of that drive? That's a, that's a big question. I'd, I'd just say those third downs. You know, obviously being able to stay on the field on you know whatever, however we did, um, to stay on the field on those third downs, those are huge for us. Where do you think the team is compared to where you were, say, a couple weeks ago coming out of Dallas, where you guys just say, hey, let's get to the break, let's maybe win a couple games against a couple good teams, and then yeah. get some momentum. There. I mean, where, how do you feel where you are right now? Yeah, I mean, I think we all feel feel good about where we're at. You know, again, there's there's things the last two weeks that we, we've left out there for sure, but to be able to go against two good football teams um, and come away with a win, um, you know, defense playing great, offensively sealing the deal late in the game on both these last two weeks, um, I think it gives us a lot of confidence going into the bye week. And, um, you know, we were able to we you know weather the storm of, you know, those couple losses and um, kind of everything going on and everyone stayed together. And, you know, it's been uh, uh, – I've really liked what I've I've seen from everybody, and you know, we're a lot of confidence going forward. So, moving forward, when, when, what offensive purpose would you like to see out of this offense moving into this key stretch of the season when you make that run for playoffs? Yeah, I mean, we just got to be able to stay on the field. You know, I think early in the game, you know, we had a couple third downs that we, we didn't execute, you know, late into the game, third quarter. Um, same thing, you know, we got to be able to, to stay on the field, convert, you know, want to be able to create some big plays again. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we'll just keep getting better with that. Carson, how has Miles been able to absorb 
not just the play calls, but also the mentality of this team so quickly? And how do you see him doing? Yeah, I mean, he's been great. I can't say enough, you know, really good things about about him and really all the running backs. You know, Jordan Howard, him, you know, it was nice to get Sproles back out there. And, um, but just the way he's coming as a rookie, just willing to learn, you know, willing to learn. We've asked a lot of him from obviously running the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield, picking up protections, um, put a lot on his plate, and he's really handled everything well and um, been able to make a, a lot of splash plays, a lot of big plays for for this offense. And, uh, you know, I love going to work with that guy. You lost a little bit about the performance of your offensive line and how they were able to contain Khalil Mack especially, but they have some really good pass rushers. and how they were able to contain them for the most part. Yeah, hats off to our O-line, you know, that's, you know, last week as well, um, being able to just establish the run game. And then today, um, both in, in the passing game and on the ground, uh, those guys are moving guys, you know, moving guys, giving me time, um, and they, they played great. That's a, an impressive front that they had to go up against with, a, you know, a lot of playmakers, and uh, they handled it really well. Both Alshon and Jordan in the middle of that last drive. How much are you aware of uh, the interchanging personnel versus you know, what, what players are coming? Yeah, I mean, I don't fully know why they're out. I just I see who's in the huddle with me, you know, and we don't have time to, to think or worry. We just we just play ball, you know, and guys are just kind of running there and filling and, and we're pl- making plays, you know, and um, that's that's the tough part of football, but uh, guys did a good job stepping up. Well, you guys have that running game going. Are you a better offense, when, especially in the last couple of you guys better? Without a doubt, you know, without a doubt. I mean, I think every, I think every team in the NFL would say they're they're a better team when they're able to, to establish the ground game. You know, I think that's just um, the recipe. You know, to, to open up the, the passing in, the play action, the, the bootlegs, all of that. Um, and you know, like I said earlier, hats off to our big guys up front for for getting that going, um, which just helped open up some things. Are you more about the team from a big picture perspective after nine games? How about you? How do you feel you're playing at this point in the season? Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there's always plays I want back. You know, there's always stuff I'm gonna go watch the tape and, and kick myself from you know making a missing a call, missing you know physically missing the throw, um, all of those things. But um, you know, those are definitely things I can keep cleaning up and just keep building the chemistry with all these guys. You know, we got you know a lot of guys changing out and, and um, just keep building the chemistry. And um, but I can definitely play better. And I think as an offense, we'll just keep getting better. This is good too. I think too, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's obviously lots of good stuff on the tape. Too and um, but but like I said, we just want to keep you know finding ways to stay on the field, make big plays, um, and, and you know I think offensively we can just keep getting better for us. Thank you guys. Um, a little bit, but uh, as I said after the game, and, and I think on the on Angela this morning, um, he did feel some discomfort, you know, when he was in there. Uh, so we you know on for really precautionary. Uh, measures we, we decided to keep him out and evaluate him uh, we are gathering still some more information on him um, and uh, and you know obviously this is our bye week so we're, we're gonna give you know all the information and uh, and see where we're at with him what, kind of, what more information I mean is he undergoing more tests yeah uh, you know just want to get you know second and third opinions um, and and just just uh, make sure that we're, we're doing right by by him you know, first and foremost, and and uh, you know, making sure that everything is everything's covered. Is there any regret in playing him yesterday? No. And why not? I mean, going into the game, going into his rehab, what he had been doing, he he was really, um, as I had mentioned, he'd been busting his tail, you know, to get back out on the field, and uh, he had a really good week of practice. You know, we we limited him even in practice, but what he could do, he was feeling good, and um, so I have I have no 
you know, no regrets putting him out there. You said on the radio that you're confident he'd be ready for the Patriots. I mean, is that still? It's still. I mean, it's 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 still a little. Um, until until we gather this information that we're we're gonna get, um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know speculate one way or the other right now. Is managing his way through the discomfort something that he just might have to get used to? I think with this injury and with most injuries with players, um, yeah, sometimes you gotta you know just play through it and deal with it. But you know, at the same time, we gotta be smart and and do what's right by the player as well. Does JJ? Um, when they've played when, with Deshaun out, whoever the third receiver's been, uh, that neither of them have a catch since September. Um, why is that? Well, I think I mentioned last week that, you know, even in Mac's case, that uh, when you're, you know, the, the sixth, possibly seventh guy, you know, in the, in the, in the progression or in the um, scheme of things, sometimes it's hard to, you know, get the ball going in that direction. You know, we, 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 we go in thinking, you know, the Alshons and Deshaun's and Nellies and the tight ends and backs and stuff like that. And, you know, we ask a lot of those other, other guys too, you know, in the run game and they do some great things there. So, you know, the ball's going to find, you know, usually the open guy and, and uh, find the completion that way. And we just got to continue to work. When that is the case though, does it make, the offense a little bit more difficult uh, to call plays for if, if one of the guys is maybe not so much of a factor? Not really. Um, you know, I, I still think you run your offense and, and uh, you know, um, we still have to put our best players, you know, on the field at the time. And, and uh, you know, um, uh, you know, it's just, it's where we are, you know. Have uh, had surgery week two? Um, that's not for me to answer. Is it Deshaun's choice? Is it your medical staff? Is it Howie? Who, who, who can answer that question? Well, um, I would say Deshaun, you know, if he wanted to, like Corey, for instance, you know, Corey elected to, uh, you know, um, have have some stuff done. Players elect to have stuff done, you know. Uh, I think ultimately Deshaun didn't want to have, you know, surgery when it, when it happened, um, rehabbed it. And, and got himself in a position to play. So, you know, I can't put words in, in players' mouths or doctors' mouths, so that's not my not my position. How close were you to – how reluctant to you or, or were you reluctant at all to not play him yesterday with an extra week, giving him essentially three more weeks to heal something that wasn't addressed surgically? I mean, sitting here today, you kind of go, all right, maybe, maybe you should have. You know, I mean, you're second-guessing now, and, and – you know, we can't, we're in a business where we got to, you know, we got to play and we got to play with the guys that are in uniform. And again, he, he, he busted his tail to, to put himself in a position to, to help us yesterday. And um, again, he just felt that discomfort. So we kept him out and that's where we are. You've gotten some good, you've gotten some good play from Andre Dillard in, in place of uh, JP. When JP's healthy, is it, is it still his job? Yeah, I think, you know, I think moving forward, um, something we'll evaluate this week. I, I've, I've been really impressed with Andre, number one. Uh, gosh, he had another good game yesterday. Um, you know, he, with, with these two pass rushers, with Khalil and, and Leonard Floyd, I mean, played played well. I, I do think when in J, when JP is, is healthy and comes back, I still think it's it's JP's position, you know, moving forward. So that, that, that case, left side of right after the bye? If JP's ready to go, yes. So that, that 
Doug with uh, Doug with JJ. Uh, it seemed like he was emitting uh, you know, some good signs in in the off season. Um, you know, seemed like he was progressing well, making plays at least in that setting. What kind of things do you look for um, out of a young player like that? To, that tells you whether he's ready for kind of the next step to be involved in the game plan. I mean, I think number one is is the mental side of the offense. How how much do they know? What do they what do they you know? How much can they take from the classroom to the to the practice field? And then does it translate to the game? And then and then what they do in practice, um, you know, in in in, in young young players' cases, uh, you know, like JJ being behind Alshon, for instance. I mean, it's he's kind of learning. You know, from from Alshon, um, you know he's doing everything right. He's he's practicing hard, and sometimes it's just hard to get on the field uh, because of that. And and one of the things that we like about JJ is his versatility, the fact that he can play you know really all three spots and move them around. And so being able to do that obviously allows us to find you know a position or at least find you know some snaps for for guys like that. And I think. You know, moving forward, that's something, and, and this—that's kind of what this week is for for us as a staff on offense is to is to see how we can we can maximize our our potential that way. Doug, what's, your, what's your message to what's your message to Sidney Jones right now, and, and what would he have to do to get back on the field? I think Sidney, I think Sydney's in in a, in, a, in a great great spot. Honestly, um, we just had to make a make a decision, a tough decision yesterday, and, and Sydney's healthy and. And had to make a decision there, but um, he's in a really good spot. He continues to work. He practices well. He plays plays hard when he was in there, you know, in the Buffalo game. And and um, you know, you never know. It's just sometimes it's de- dependent on on game plan. How many how many corners or safeties or you know, do you need more receivers? Whatever it might be to get you know the uh, the forty six up on game day. And but uh, you know, he he's playing with a lot of confidence. Um, he's got that back and. And uh, he just he's in a good spot. I follow up, though. I mean, this is a second round draft pick in his third season. He shouldn't be inactive on, on Sunday. Would you agree with that assessment? Um, yeah, and, and listen, you got to understand that you know special teams becomes a factor too. And, and right now, you know, right now, um, special teams is is probably the. The, the difference, the deciding factor, and um, it just it just uh, it just so happens that he's he's the guy right now. He's the one that's kind of caught in that middle. It seems what? like Miles has been a little more consistent the last couple of weeks. Have you noticed that? And what's been the difference? Consistent, yeah, with Miles. Yeah, I think he's just he's just each week just learning from the week before. Um, you know, just 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 learning and and watching the tape and and. Deuce has done a great job of, of coaching him up and, and seeing the things that he can benefit, you know, moving forward with. And, um, you know, we, we're just we're finding finding different ways to utilize him, you know, uh, whether it's in an empty package or in the backfield with Jordan or, you know, running routes. So I think I think that consistency is just coming from the more he plays and, and the more he's seeing himself on film and, and making the making the corrections at the top of the receiver. Oh, I'm sorry. Consistency as you go into the bye week now, knowing all the highs that you've had, knowing all the lows that this team has had, how do you find that consistency? Well, I think that's that's the challenge this week as a staff. Um, you know, to go back and just assess and reevaluate and and really break down these first you know these nine games and, and really look at it um, with open eyes, 
honestly. Uh, we're not game planning this week, so we get a, we get a chance to, to do that. And, and I think I think out of this, we have to find consistency in our, especially in our passing game. I mean, we got to find you know a common thread there, and we got to see what has been the breakdown. Right? You got you got to be able to f- target an area, and then and then and then. Okay, here's our plan to fix it. So, these next couple of days will be important for us to, to uh, you know, make those decisions and, and and try to be a little more consistent moving forward. As a follow up to that, on the top of the wide receiver depth chart, Alshon and Nelson, who you've invested a lot in, who you game plan for, how would you e- evaluate the way they're playing so far this year? Um, <clears throat> you know, I think overall. They they've been they've been good, but they have I would say they haven't been great. Um, uh, I think they would they would echo that. You know, I think Alshon yesterday you know had some opportunity. You know, and and um, you know had had chances, and, and and I believe he would he would own up to that. You know, to make some of the catches that he uh, uh, he missed yesterday. So uh, he, he's a professional about it, um, and and Nelly the same way. I, I think too that. You know, we just got to continue to to work with these guys. I mean, you know, every week's a new week. Every week's a new set of challenges. And as we put game plans together, we we do think about these guys and and, and putting them in positions. And 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 look, sometimes you get in a game, and um, you know, I'm the one calling the plays. And and sometimes the game kind of steers a different direction, you know, than what you think during the week. And and um, but I think overall, these guys are these guys are really um, have been in a position to help. And, and help us win, and, and uh, got a lot of confidence in both those guys. You know, moving forward. Why did you like, why did you like to go back to? When you look at the left side of your offensive line, um, Andre and Isaac. It's kind of a look at the future. Um, what have you seen as they grow together from them? Maybe you know behind the scenes or on the field. I mean, yeah, I think obviously there's there's you know communication is big for for the offensive line. Um, both those guys have really. Uh, for the for the three three and a half games they've been together now, really have gelled and 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 have have kind of been on the same page, you know. And there's a lot of communication. It starts with Kelsey, obviously, and, and moves 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 outward. But uh, you see them passing off games. You see them, you know, blocking schemes and, and different things. You know, combo blocks and all that stuff that it, it kind of takes some time, you know, to develop and. And uh, you see a little chemistry with the, with those two, and and that's obviously as you, you mentioned, you know, possibly the future there, you know, at that left side, and you know, Andre is really, um, he's been a, he's been a bright spot for us, you know, he's been. Yeah. Did, did you think about going for the uh, fourth down at the end of the game instead of kicking a field goal, and then also why uh, did you? You know, if it the- was fourth and one, um, probably there. Um, I really thought about going for it in that situation. Then you know the three points were big too to go up eight, um, so. And then yeah. why, why did you elect to defer again? Go back. Because we won. <laughs> no, what did, I mean, you, you saw what happened. I mean, we had a chance at, at the end of half, and we had the ball. We didn't we didn't execute very well, but then we got the ball to start the second half and, and scored. So potentially we could have we could have had at least ten points. You know, hopefully a field goal at the end of the half. It didn't didn't pan out that way, but. Again, it, it kind of works out to have an extra possession in the first half. Hey, Doug, with the uh, uncertainty around Deshaun and maybe the production of wide receiver not being exactly where we'd like it, are you anticipating any moves uh, this week at, at wide receiver? Um, at this point, 
you know, something we'll take a look at. I mean, we got to take a look at it. Obviously, uh, it's real. Um, we're at the we're at the sort of the halfway point, a little over a game over the halfway point of our season, and uh, we got time, you know, this week to make these decisions. Um, but we'll we'll take a look at it. Um, but uh, you know, nothing nothing right now. One more on Sydney. Just why can't why doesn't he play special teams? Most young D backs corners do play a lot on special teams. He he's, he does play. He's he's in a more of a, a backup role, you know, on special teams right now, and it's something that uh, you know too. When when a lot of times it comes out of you know from college, a lot of times starting DBs, you know, either even coming out of college, sometimes they don't play a ton of special teams. You know, it's a lot like JJ. You know, JJ coming out of college didn't play a ton of special teams. We're trying to get him also involved, you know, with the special teams and, and, and units that way. And we got to continue just to work with these guys. I mean, it's uh, we ask everybody to, uh, you know, have a secondary role, you know, on the team. Um, unless, of course, you're, you know, an offensive lineman or, you know, a starting you know, corner or running back or something like that. But um, we just continue to work with them, you know, and, and, uh, and, and find – find ways to, to use these guys as we go. Okay. All right, thanks. P-G-N.